Good morning. Thank you so much, guys. It was so good to be back, uh, back together worshiping. Um, thanks, Amy, for praying for us. Thanks, Nav, for uh, for your uh, letting us in in your favorite part of the year. I got what? Oh, one of them. Okay. I got slightly nervous when Daniel was standing here with a rugby ball because Teddy was at the front row and was afraid of Teddy taking him out. That's what usually happens when there's rugby balls floating about youth here. Um, so I don't know how you're feeling. Amy's already alluded to that a wee bit as we start a new year. Um, all the different emotions and some for some people we're so used to starting off the new year excited about a fresh start about a new thing and that's not really the word to start a new year isn't it? It's F43 is the go-to place for New Year, I'm doing a new thing, and maybe some of you just don't feel, just don't feel that at the moment. I'm not talking about this this morning, uh, but New Year's Eve, there was this random verse that was just in my head all day, Genesis 12, verse 9, Abraham, who was on this journey to go to the place that God had called him, um, he set out not knowing exactly where he was going. Leaving all that was familiar, leaving all that was comfortable, leaving everything that he knew and going into a place of uncertainty and filled with all the questions. But in Genesis 12 verse 9 it says that Abraham continued, uh, to, continued south in stages towards the Negev. And so for some of us this morning, I think you maybe just need to be a bit kind in yourself when it comes to when you hear and maybe you're overwhelmed as you hear all of the dreams and all the excitement and all the anticipation that some people are entering into this year with we don't want to suppress that if that's you like be that and and continue to be enthused be excited let people get caught up in your enthusiasm but maybe for some you just need to be kind to yourself and just make your journey. Continue to make your journey of obedience towards what God has promised, towards what he's called you to in stages. Take little bite-sized chunks, take little small moments and, and, uh, and continue this journey of becoming more like Jesus, moving towards his promise and all that he has for you in stages. And um, I was just reminded of that again uh, this morning, I'm going to share here for for a, f- a few minutes, and at the end, I just um, again not necessarily intended to do this, but I would just love to leave a moment towards the end. If there's anybody that maybe in light of what I want to share this morning, or you just maybe you're you're just feeling something for you for for the church, maybe it's just something for yourself that you want to come up and just communicate and stir faith or stir passion or stir enthusiasm among us, um, please know that there's space for you to do that this morning. I don't, I don't normally do this at the, end of, at the end of a year, but I find myself doing it, building up to New Year's Eve, asking the Lord for a word. throughout the year 
And uh, I think there's maybe some of you in the room that maybe do that. It hasn't been my practice, but I found myself wanting to do it. And I felt like the, the word of the theme was not just for me, but I felt like maybe it was even for the church. And that's why I wanted to share on it this morning uh, briefly. So often as, uh, again, maybe I'm just talking about myself, so often as we come towards the end of a year, we think about new beginnings or new starts without making anybody feel guilty or there's no condemnation of this at all. Sometimes we, we think and we ask, what's best for me? What's best for my life or my family or my waistline or whatever it is, it's, it's around what's, what's best for you, what's best for yours, what will make you look better, what will make you feel better. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. But I just felt like, just felt like the, the question that was being posed in my mind, what is it that God's looking for? So start a new year. Maybe for some it's just like, tomorrow's just the start of a new day. Just let me get to the new day, the start of a new week. I still think this applies as we ask the question, what is he looking for? And all your stuff is good and, and it's important and not negating that. But what is it that he's looking for? And the place that felt inevitable to go to and the place that has stuck with for me has been in Micah chapter 6. And it pretty much asks the question. The prophet Micah asks the question, what is it that God is looking for? And it's to act justly. It's to love mercy. And it's to walk humbly. And so these things we could maybe, I imagine, we'll pick up on this idea of acting justly and loving mercy and as we go about our year. But it's this idea of walking humbly that I want us to consider. That I think it's maybe a challenge for me. I think it's possibly also a challenge for us all together. Walking humbly with our God, but also walking humbly with each other. I don't think we can separate the two. There's a quote from uh, Desmond Tutu, and um, we we need to do a bit of work in our in our within our family. Everybody thought his name was Benjamin Tutu, but his name is Desmond. Boys, Desmond Tutu, and uh, I I've so been inspired by by his life, none more so than the last week, as. Uh, passed away last week at the age of 90 and um, in some ways it just in some ways I've been really honest I just wanted any excuse to get a Desmond Tutu quote in but he says uh, humility at the top of that quote says that like humility generosity comes from seeing that everything we have and everything we accomplish comes from God's grace and God's love for us Uh, And the quote goes on, certainly it is from experiencing this generosity of God and the generosity of those in our lives, in our life, that we learn gratitude and to be generous to others. But like humility, it's this idea of of humility, this idea of walking humbly, it's 
if we take seriously what Desmond Tutu said, every, we, we are acknowledging, we come to that recognition that everything we have or everything that we accomplish is all because of his grace and his love. It's a good starting point for what it is to walk humbly, to live a life of humility is acknowledging, knowing that everything that you have or everything that you accomplish is because of his grace and his love. And as I've said, I've been so inspired by his life and his ministry and all that he stood for. And, um, and I believe he, uh, he was imitating Jesus. There's part of me as we step into this new year that in some ways, like the Apostle Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. I've, as, I look at what, as I look at the language that, that Desmond Tutu used around forgiveness and reconciliation, it is a, a life worth imitating. And so we step into this, and I believe as we imitate some of what he prioritized as he imitated Christ, 2022 will be a great year. And um, I believe that, and partly trying to be funny, but also truly believe that 2022, 2022 will be a great year as we imitate some of, the, some of the stuff around forgiveness and reconciliation and ultimately walking humbly before our God. We've just celebrated the ultimate act of humility, haven't we? Like humility is God incarnate. What is a, what is, what is a clearer picture or demonstration of what humility looks like than the King of Kings, the Lord of all creation, coming as a baby, descending to human flesh. Humility is God incarnate. Jesus is humility in flesh. We often quote from that beautiful song of Paul's in Philippians chapter 2 that uh, speaking of Jesus, how he emptied himself and he took on the very nature of a servant. And inevitably as we'll go up through our year and back into the Gospels and looking at the life of Jesus, we will see over and over again that from his life we see that humility is key to so much. If we go to his, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, the most countercultural, radical preach that was ever, that was ever preached. And uh, he, he shows us in that sermon, humility is the key to inheriting the earth. Blessed are the meek, blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. It's a radical sermon where Jesus turns everything on its head. The meek and the humble would be the last people we would expect in our society with our, with our own rational mindset, thinking that they're the ones that's going to inherit the earth, and Jesus is turning everything on its head in that sermon. We see from his life and in, in his interactions with his disciples over and over again how it's those that will take the low place that will receive authority. It's those that will become the least that will be the greatest. And so from the life of Jesus, we see that humility is key to inheriting the earth, but we see in his interactions with his disciples that the place of authority is the place of humility. The place of authority is the place of humility. And I don't know who to attribute this to, um, but this is a quote. Kingdom authority is for the blessing and flourishing of others and creation. It is practiced through humility. And of all of the ways that I tried to articulate what I wanted to say here, I felt that this quote summed it up really well. 
Kingdom authority is for the blessing and the flourishing of others and creation. It is practiced through humility. And so I think that, that, is, the, that, is, the, that is the theme, that is what I feel like the Spirit is challenging me with, the thing to carry throughout this new year. But I also think it could be for us all. As we consider what it looks like for us to walk humbly with our God, that is what he is asking of us. And um, as I think about, uh, as we think about Micah chapter 6, and if you had time today, just go and if, if you want, if you're mad enough, if you're bold enough, read the whole letter. But in Micah chapter 6, it's almost like God is gathering his people. They've, they've been doing their own thing. They've been going their own way. They've been focusing on their own selves and their own woes and their own stuff. And he, he gathers them together and he's, he's, he's trying to say to them, guys, remember your journey. Remember your journey. And maybe that's a good thing for us all to, today. I know the temptation is to look forward and we want to look forward with hope and expectation. But maybe it'd be helpful for some of us to think back, to remember our journey. So often we forget what he has done for us, what he's done through us, what he has spoken. And so I think what the, what the, what the Lord said to the prophet Micah is, is maybe important for us today. Remember your journey, guys. Remember your journey. And God goes on to say, almost hear the heart of God as he says, what, what have I done? What more, could I have, what more could I possibly have done for you? Rescued you from that place of, of struggle, of difficulty? I sent, I sent Moses and I sent Aaron. I sent somebody to speak the words of God to pull you out of the place of slavery and challenge and difficulty. I set you on a path towards promise. Remember that. Remember your journey. What have I done, God asks? How have I burdened you? How has this been a burden? He's asking this question. I feel like I can sense his heart. How have I burdened you? What have I done? And it's almost like there is a moment of revelation to realize that what God is saying through the prophet Micah is true. And so what is their response? The response is what can often, so often be our response. Is that they come up with this, come up with a grand gesture that we think that God would be pleased with. And so again, not to dismiss what you're starting off the new year with. But I know for me, I start off the new year with a grand gesture that I think that God would be pleased with. It's, doesn't really, it's not really where I'm at. It's not really, it's not really true to the, to the place that I find myself in. But I think that God would be pleased with it. And so I offer this grand gesture in the same way that the children of Israel did. We'll, we'll, we'll come with all of these sacrifices. We'll, what, what is it you want? With, we'll give you tons of burnt offerings. This is what we're going to come and bring to you. We think that's what he wants. He wants these big grand gestures. Try and make up for, for where we've failed and where we've got it wrong maybe. And here's these verses again. God comes, he says, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for the grand gestures. I'm not, I'm not demanding a, a whole load of sacrifice and burnt offerings. This is what I'm asking you. I'm asking you to turn yourself towards the other. And that you would act justly, and that you would love mercy, and you would walk humbly with me. It's a beautiful picture. That's what he's calling us to, and I think as much as he was calling it, the children of Israel to it, he's calling us the same way. What is it you're looking for? God. 
I'm looking that you would be like my son and you would turn yourself towards the other. You would clothe yourself with humility. You would count others more valuable than yourselves. You would turn towards the other and doing that you would be acting justly. You would be loving mercy and you'd be walking humbly with me. And I just think there's something beautiful about us walking humbly with one another. We can't say that we're going to walk humbly with God and not, not do the same with, with, with one another. And so what is that going to look like? I'm convinced that we have been touching on it over the last number of months in our midweeks. And we're going to kick our midweeks off again Wednesday week. Um, we're really looking forward to that. We'll talk a wee bit more about that uh, throughout the week and next Sunday. But I think we've been already touching on what it looks like to walk humbly with God and to walk humbly with one another. And it's to listen well. I think it's an act of humility to sit and listen really well. I think it's an act of humility to slow down. To recognize that you can't do it all. (laughs) You can't take it all on yourself. You can't do everything. And slowing down is, is an acknowledgement, I think, of that. Slowing down with, in relationship with God, in relationship with one another. Slowing down with one another, it, it, I think it communicates that you are, you're, you're valuable to me, you're important to me. I think other things, and maybe we haven't talked a whole pile about this, but I think what, what walking humbly with each other looks like is being willing to say sorry. I think walking humbly with God means just constantly willing to say sorry to keep short accounts with him, but also I think it's important that we keep short accounts with one another. As we become familiar with what the words of the New Testament, we see both. We see the importance of confessing your sins to God, keeping on saying sorry, walking humbly with him, acknowledging where you've got it wrong and confessing it to God because he's faithful and just to forgive. But it's also really important, and James tells us this, uh, James 4 or 5 tells us, confess your sins to one another. Keep on saying sorry to one another. Keep short accounts with one another. An act of humility to be able to do that. I think walking humbly with with God and walking humbly with each other is acknowledging that you don't know everything. What about this for a revelation for a new year? could look every one of you in the eye and maybe you wouldn't like it, but you don't know everything. trying to see if anybody's surprised by that you don't know everything and I love what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 8 he says anyone who claims this is in the NLT anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much what about that for a word of encouragement today anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't know very much and this is what um, this is how Eugene Peterson translated it In the message version, the question keeps coming up regarding meat that has been offered up to an idol. Should I attend meals where such meat is served or not? And here it is. We sometimes tend to think we know all we need to know to answer these kinds of questions. But sometimes our humble hearts can help us more than our proud minds. We never really know enough until we recognize that God alone knows it all. And I think, as I think of this new year, I'm convinced that my humble heart will help me. I'm not saying that it's humble right now. I'm saying my humble heart will do me more service, will bring more fruit to my proud mind. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. 
And I think it's an act of humility as you walk with God to know that you don't know it all. It's an act of humility to walk with one another knowing that you don't know all that's going on in somebody's life. And I think that is so important. I was reading, I was reading during the week that there is three answers. There's three answers to every question. Yes, no, and it depends. And uh, the answer is nearly always it depends. And so you can arrive, and this is where many of us go, We've seen it. We've seen it on our social media over the last couple of years. We want to arrive at at a simple, clear yes or no. That's where we want to get to, and we can get there as long as we're willing to exclude all of the additional information. And that's where that's where the it depends comes. That additional it uh, that additional information is what makes up the stuff of life. And so you can arrive, if I hope I'm making sense, if you can arrive at the yes or the no, you can arrive at those answers really clearly and quickly and simply if you dismiss all of the other additional information. And the other additional information is where most of life is made up. In the relationships, in the history, somebody's history, somebody's experience, somebody's context, somebody, their accidents, their surprises. That's where the additional information is made up. And so whenever you are willing to pursue the additional information, the answer is nearly always, well, it depends. And I think that requires an act of humility. It requires a commitment to walking humbly with someone while you are hearing and committing yourself to the additional information. And I think, again, for me, and maybe for some of us, this is a challenge personal for me. Walking humbly might look like that I'm not going to automatically assume the worst in someone with such limited information. Because I do that. I'm guilty of it, and I hate it. (laughs) And I think to walk humbly with someone means you're committing yourself to not assuming the worst. I'm not going to assume the worst. I know inevitably some stage this year I definitely will. And thank goodness Judas not here to listen to me. She'll call me out straight away. If Caleb's listening, he'll be he'll call me out pretty quick too. But I think walking humbly with one another is a commitment to saying, I'm not going to assume the worst in you with limited information. And I think also when it comes to walking humbly with God and one another, there's this willingness to say, I need you. And so we're so comfortable at most of the time is to, to sing that and to say, I, I need God. This life of independence is not all it's cracked up to be. No matter what Sally tells me, life of independence is not where I flourish or not where I'm going to find joy and hope and meaning. It's in a life of interdependence. And it's not just in needing God, it's in needing one another. Walking humbly is being willing to say, God, I am dependent upon you. Walking humbly with one another is being willing to say, God, I am dependent on these guys. I am dependent on them.
And so as I finish here, the, 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 the two simple takeaways are when it comes to this life of humility, pray for it. If you're willing to do that, it might be a scary prayer. Pray for it. Because it's rarely going to be found within. It's going to have to come from outside of you. And while you're praying for it, start practicing it. And so again, some of the things we've talked about, the practicing of that might be listening more than talking. It might be bearing with one another. Paul talks about that so often. In practicing it might be expressing, being willing to express your limits and your weaknesses. And again, we're not always comfortable with that. But I think that's what practicing this walking humbly will look like. Being able to express your limits and your weakness. And the joy of that, the good news in that is that God, that is exactly the place where God meets us. We have convinced ourselves it's almost the opposite. But he longs to meet you where you're at. And that's where he does his best stuff, I think. Where his strength is made perfect in your weakness. And so we are, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm sensing for myself. I very rarely feel like I get some sort of thing to carry throughout a year. But I feel like that's what I'm being invited to carry throughout the year. And there's something, there's a weight inkling that I think that that's what he's asking for us all.